0: Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bore, the breasts that never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if they do these things when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? You know, I haven't been in many parades. Maybe you've marched in some parades in the course of your life. When we were living in North Iowa, there was a 4th of July parade that made its way right through town, went right past our house uh, where we were uh, living. And uh, I, th- I think I marched in this parade once, maybe behind the flag, and, and uh, Hannah rode a horse in this parade just last summer, I think. Right? And, uh, but things that you would expect in a parade. You know, Floats that are decorated you know, with local businesses, advertising, and horns and sirens, and lots of shouting and waving and throwing candy. Um, and if you, were, if you lived in town, and this is, this is a pretty small town, if you lived in town, then you really couldn't miss this parade. In fact, if you were not there watching the parade, you were likely uh, in it yourself. Uh, and this is what was true in Jerusalem on this Friday so many years ago. People are lining the street and there is a parade. There's lots of waving. It's noisy, but not like the parades that we're used to seeing. This was a parade of suffering. There's gasps and groans. And the the blood and the sweat of Jesus is being smeared on the street as He walks. And there's shouts of hatred and and wails of grief all mixed together. It would be a parade that, that parents would want to shield their children from. And on this way of sorrow, this Via Dolorosa, we see and hear the suffering of Jesus. A cross he carried and a cross that we carry. Jesus suffered for us while we suffer with him. We see both of those present on this Good Friday. See, criminals uh, condemned to death by crucifixion would have to carry the crossbeam to the site of the crucifixion, which is what Jesus would have been doing. John 19 says that he did bear his own cross beam, but not all the way to the place of crucifixion. He's so physically weak, bloodied, likely very dehydrated. He has no more strength to carry this beam. And so he collapses under the weight of it. Let's remember that Jesus is fully Man. And he suffers the limits of our humanity. The human body is incredible, absolutely incredible for what it can endure, but it does break down. It can only take so much. So the body of Jesus is being torn apart, it's breaking down under this suffering. But Jesus isn't the criminal, Uh, he's not suffering for himself he's suffering in the place of the real criminals like me and like you and like those who are shouting in this parade with every sinful thought with every word every inclination against the good law of god we prove that we should be the ones carrying that crossbeam we're the criminals deserving of death before a holy and righteous god but friends, even if, even if every one of us joined this parade and carried a crossbeam for our guilt, it would not suffice. The forgiveness of sin comes only through the shed blood of the sinless. The unblemished Lamb. The perfect sacrifice must be offered to atone for the criminal. So only Jesus, the perfect, sinless one, can die for the imperfect, sinful ones he suffered for us, and parents will understand you know how hard it can be to to speak a forceful and sharp word with your children, but a very necessary word for them to hear as a children is about ready, child's running into a busy street, stop um, or as they get a little bit older and they're careening down the hill on their bike or their scooter, slow down, slow down. It's, they need to hear it. They need to hear it forcefully. Well, it's set out of love. It's set out of concern, even when it may be hard to hear. And so Jesus speaks hard words out of love to those in this parade. And before Jesus entered Jerusalem for that final time, he wept over the city, we read in Luke 19. And now as he leaves Jerusalem for a final time, he weeps. It really shows us the heart of Christ. He's on the road to his own crucifixion, and he still has unrepentant sinners on his mind. Not running them off, he's not hardening his heart toward them. So while others are pitying Jesus for his suffering and his impending death, he shows pity for This judgment that awaits. So these words in verses 28 through 31 that we've read are words of judgment. Jesus weeps over those who've hardened their hearts toward him. He weeps over the fate of those who do not receive him. So in speaking to the women here who are, are following him in mourning, he's speaking to all the people that they represent. The day is coming When one is considered a disgrace, even a reproach, will actually be thought a blessing. You know, one less person, even a child who'll experience the destruction, the wrath of God. And so Jesus uses language that we find in Hosea chapter ten to describe God's judgment of a sinful, rebellious people. This judgment is sure to come. There's no avoiding it. So even this cry for the mountains to fall and the, the hills to cover just as some relief put us out of this misery. And if this type of misery, this suffering is coming upon Jesus, the innocent one, the green wood, how much more will the misery and suffering of the sinful be, the dry wood, under the fire of God's Uh, judgment. Proverbs 11 says, if the righteous is repaid on earth, how much more? The wicked and the sinner. So this will come to those who have scoffed at him, missed the visitation of God's anointed one. Just a a few verses uh, later in verse 35, we read the words of these scoffers. He saved others. Let him save himself. If he is the Christ of God, his chosen one, He's hanging right before them, the chosen one of God. And they know not what they say. These words really show us that Jesus, he's still in control. He is in control of all that is happening. He's not a victim uh, to some cruel circumstances here. He is fulfilling God's divine plan. This is the mission for which Jesus came. And maybe we're reminded tonight with these words from Jesus just how heinous our sin is before God and what it deserves. And it should only magnify the goodness of this day, magnify the goodness of what Jesus has done. He has suffered for us, and now we suffer with him. In Mark's Gospel, we're given some family relation to this Simon of Cyrene, which would have been helpful for. Uh, Mark's uh, audience. But outside of this, we really know nothing about this Simon except where he was from and that he was uh, in town. Uh, he may have come in to watch this parade, see what was going on, or he would just was in town and caught up a- in what was happening, and the soldiers pull him uh, to the side to carry this crossbeam. And we don't know if Simon knew Jesus or believed in who Jesus was. But he's caught up in this drama. You know, part of this unfolding story, whether he wants to be a part of it or not. Simon wasn't getting out of this. But here's the thing, neither was anyone else. The whole city is wrapped up in this. Whether they wanted to join the parade or not. Which really pictures a greater reality for us. All people everywhere, We'll gaze upon Christ. They will do business with the Lord Jesus. Whether they want to or not. All people everywhere, those who have come before us, those who are yet to come, will look upon Jesus and bow the knee in this life or at His return in judgment. It's true for you. It's true for me. So let's be those who carry the cross behind Jesus, willingly, joyfully, enter in this parade of suffering with our savior it must be so jesus told us if anyone would come after me this is in luke 9 let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me and we don't know his heart but simon pictures the way of discipleship here as he shoulders this cross now he is the one who's who's sweating He's watching Jesus in front of him, moving at the pace that Jesus is moving. Agonizing with him. What does it look like to carry this cross? Jesus mentions three things that this includes. Denying oneself. Much more than just the denial of certain things in life, which can be very appropriate and very helpful. Let's be honest. Oftentimes we're averse to denying ourselves Anything. This denial is actually a life shift. It is a whole worldview alteration. It means rejecting a life that's based on on our own self-fulfillment, our own self-interests. Now our lives are lived to the fulfillment of another, for Christ. Jesus, an obedience to Jesus, that's what comes first, not me. Paul's words in Galatians 2.20 are pointed here. I've been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Let him deny himself, take up his cross. So this means that commitment unto death. And this is an ongoing commitment. It needs to be made each and every day. Even a willingness to suffer death to suffer martyrdom for the sake of Christ. J.I. Packer put some language to this cross bearing. I think it really hits close to home. Perhaps more so um, for Christians in our time and place and that, that growing. In this position, you must renounce all future expectations from society and learn to take it as a matter of course if the people around you give you the cold shoulder and view you with contempt and disgust as an alien sort of being. You may often find yourself treated in this fashion if you are loyal to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's calling you. He's calling me. When Christ bids a man to follow Him, He bids that man to come and die. Words that Dietrich Bonhoeffer would prove true as he followed Christ. Let him deny himself. Take up his cross daily and follow me. Jesus speaks those words in the present tense. Follow me right now and continually. This parade, we're going to continue to, to use that picture, it doesn't end in this life. We suffer with Him. We bear the reproach that He bears. And as we share in His suffering, so we share in His glory. The reward for following Jesus, for carrying our cross, is a share in God's glory. Jesus wore that crown of thorns so that we might wear a crown of glory with Him. So denial in this life for Jesus, it's going to yield a greater joy, church family. It's going to yield a greater glory in the life to come. Jesus suffered for us. Now we suffer for with him first a cross and then a crown so what is good about this day when the darkness presses in it only gets better when the sun rises over the tomb where they laid the body of the lord jesus do you remember what he said let's go to the table we're going to feast upon our savior and his love for us would you pray with me Father, you have delivered us from the power and dominion of sin and death and you have uh, brought us into the kingdom of your beloved Son. Lord Jesus, love knows no greater than the love that you have shown us in the giving of your life. What wondrous love that you would wear that crown of thorns so that we could wear a crown of glory. And that joy that was set before You on this night so long ago. May we find renewed joy and hope in union with You, our Savior. Oh, hallelujah, what a Savior. Feed us now, O Christ. We pray this in Your precious and holy name. Amen.